Radio Free Toadbag, episode 52, the, the fucking centennial, that's a hundred years. The one-tennial, I'm down of it. <laughs> I'm Arthur. And I nailed that, and uh, in celebration of our one-year anniversary, Arthur, do you hear, can you hear this squeakiness? Can you yeah, hear? that's, yeah, <laughs> yep. Yeah, because this is, this is, uh... My final week of, what would you call it, living on the lamb, on the road. I'm in an Airbnb waiting for uh, to move into my apartment in Portland. And just like we began our first episode a year ago with my squeaky-ass chair, it seems that I have, or rather Destiny has brought me uh, another squeaky chair from these uh, nice folks' basement, and that's where I'm sitting today, and, and that's my gift to you, the listener. You know, <laughs> a, a, a squeak to you know, bring back the the fabulous memories of your of your past year with us. A true return to form. Truly, truly, truly. Uh, but but in all seriousness, the audio might be a little bit weird on this one. I'll just make a note of that. Uh, I am in this basement. I'm like hunched over a uh, dresser with some knickknacks on it, and I'm in this squeaky chair. Uh, so my my back is suffering, but but I do it for you. What kind of knickknacks we talking? Oh man, how do I describe this? We got some sort of wheel. Like a decorative wheel, okay, with some decorative spokes. There's like three candles, uh, very ornate one with a crystal on it, mm-hmm. and there is a very flat vase. Like picture a sunfish. I don't know why that's the first flat thing I thought of, but like it's flat and kind of one dimension, and then some flowers are popping out of it. Okay, and then uh, also a crumpled bag of donuts that I had for breakfast this morning. Mm. Uh, I'm crushing it. I'm sorry to sorry to keep pressing you, but what kind of fucking donuts, though? <laughs> We're talking even worse than your fucking regular ones. These are like those gas station fucking Hostess powdered Ooh, donuts. Donuts. Yeah, they, they serve to make me not shake into oblivion uh, off of my morning. Dear God, I'm waking up at 7.30, get me out of bed coffee. So they, they did their job. Fucking excellent. Well, shit, how, uh, how are you doing, partner? I went and filled out my paperwork for my new job. I'm employed again. It's only been three months. There we go. Uh, yeah, didn't even get anywhere close to my record of fucking uh, <laughs> <laughs> joblessness. Ah, oh, but that's good. All right, your boys are fucking employed again. That's coming right. into our, our New Year's cycle. With some uh, with some jobs and and maybe normal sleep cycles. Who who knows? Yeah, who knows? I got to be up at uh, nine a.m., which uh, is a bit of a stretch uh, for me based on recent history, because uh, I got to go do my first shift at the gas station. I'm gonna be working at a gas station. <laughs> the, the unnamed as as was the retail establishment. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna have plenty yeah. of. Plenty of tales from uh, from uh, an even deeper layer of retail hell. Uh, there you go. We got we got tales from fucking retail and uh, tales from Airbnb basement is our new segments. <laughs> but uh, it's not the kind of thing that I can't look for another job while I'm doing. So that feels feels pretty okay. Yeah, there there you go. Good That's to have an income. Best again. way to do that situation. Yeah, exactly. Well. Uh, how about instead of talking about these new jobs, we get back to our true career here, which is, of course, answering your relationship questions. It is a show about relationships. It is that. So uh, 
Let's see what we got, folks. Uh, my BF with sex toy with his female friend what? before, and they are still friends. You missed a word. My BF, oh, played with sex yeah. toy. Yeah. Okay. My BF, my B- <laughs> It's staying in. You're doomed. My BF played with a sex toy with his female friend before, and they are still friends. I, 27, from Japan, and my BF, 32, from UK, have been dating for two years. We were finally okay to talk about her past after two years. And he talked about his university friendship with his female classmates. My BF played with her and another female friend by using remote control sex toy during university class without any romantic feeling. He and the one friend were controlling it, and another one was sitting a little bit far. He saw her trembling as he controlled the level of the toy. He even controlled it when she talked to their professor. And he felt, being dominant is my joy through this experience. He says it meant nothing to both of them, but is this not super weird in the Western world? I asked her name, and he didn't want to tell it because it can cause drama. But he told me anyway, and I found out that one of his best friends, that it's one of his best friends that he still keeps in touch with. I felt that how can he be her friend still after this? He says she has a good heart and is a nice person, that's why. And one day, he wants me to meet her. I feel it was so stupid if I saw her without knowing anything. I've never met her yet. And now that I know that she is the woman that he sexually played with, how can I talk to her normally and smile at her? For me, this is not a friendship anymore. It's a line that he shouldn't have crossed. I explained all my feelings, and he understood my side. He said he would suffer if he was in my position and wouldn't be able to talk and wouldn't be able to be okay to meet this friend. After this talk, I am still having so much trouble to understand, and in quotes, it is okay to play with that kind of toy between friends. Can anyone give me advice to make me digest this whole situation easier? TLDR, I'm Japanese. My boyfriend is from the UK. He played with a sex toy with his best female friend when he was younger, and he still keeps in touch with her. I cannot accept the friendship at all. Any advice to take this situation, or make this situation, less stressful? And I was posted by Always Kitty Cat. Always Kitty Cat. You're so sweet to be upset by this. Like, I feel like it's basically, I feel like it's basically a non-issue. <clears throat> because uh, they were, you know, they were in college. This was years ago. He's 32 years old, right? Assuming uh, he got out of secondary school at the right time. He got into college on time. This was maybe yeah. this was maybe ten years ago that he <clears throat> bought or she bought or somebody bought uh, a remote control vibrator and they sat in class and fucking <clears throat> while she's trying to talk to the professor because because <laughs> it's fucking it's a it's hilarious and b it's kind of hot. Yeah, a combination hot hilarious. Yeah, it's hot hilarious, and it was ten years ago, so it's really not a. It's really not a thing. Um, I can't speak to the cultural divide. Um, but I, I think this is the kind of thing that people go, <laughs> college. 
you know? Yeah, in general, it'd be the same sort of situation. Like if this if this was an ex, and and don't get me wrong, I felt this in a relationship. You know, you meet somebody's ex, and uh, or you hear you know talk with them, and you're, I don't know, I get a twinge of jealousy with that. But I do also know that like that's not really a big deal, and you know, don't don't fucking try to chase down those feelings. It's just gonna make you feel shitty. Yeah, and then it's you know rationally just that that normal and okay thing to do. But I think that twinge of jealousy is kind of normal too. You know, that being said, in this case. At, at the very least, this is a good fucking chunk of t- time ago, probably fucking a decade ago. Like, that'd be like, you know, you, you're fucking in college, you're fucking past college, and you're upset, you know, by somebody your partner dated in high school. Like, it, I, I know that that kind of bothered feeling can still be there, but I just focus on the fact that kind of, as you said, Arthur, like, this is, this was so fucking long ago. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you do kind of silly shit. For one, you, you hook up with people, uh, you know, fucking high school and in college. Uh, I don't, what am I trying to fucking say here? I guess, like, this sort of thing would bother me personally less because it's just, like, it's less serious, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, so just focus on that part. And also, it's just, it's been so fucking long. You, you can probably safely assume that the feelings between them, if there were any, you know, beyond attraction, have fucking died down in 10 years. Yeah. I just focus on that fucking distance there, because it's just very far removed, you know. Again, no, normal to feel a little a little weird here, but just, it's, you shouldn't feel threatened by this. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, even if, like, say they had sex, I wouldn't be threatened by it 10 years on, you know? Yeah. You're you're such different people, fucking that long ago, and I assume you two didn't know each other. Like, right. fuck that. You just you got to focus on those kind of technical things as opposed to letting yourself go down the wormhole of like, oh no, is she prettier than me? Like, what if yeah. he still likes her? Yada yada yada. <laughs> and again, we'll get back to on so many things. This comes back to just trusting your partner, and it seems like he's trustworthy. This really doesn't seem like that sketchy of a situation. It just kind of came up. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned, too, you finally get to a point where you can talk about your pasts. I, two years in. That took I, two I, years? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually going to bring up that it's kind of good, you know, you have that level of trust, you're okay to talk about your past. But that is true. It's The fact that it's taken that long, maybe this is something that, that bothers her more than the, the average person. Possible. Oh, man. Because, like... You know, if you if you have sex with somebody or you do anything sexually intimate with them, uh you see some value in them, I'll say usually. Um maybe sometimes not, but uh usually you see something valuable in a person. And if you get intimate with somebody, it's not uncommon to try to, to for them to stay in your life, you know what I mean? I have, you know, I know people that I've been uh intimate with in the past that I'm still on good terms with. Um, so, but, but then again, I don't know, I don't know what it's like in Japan. I don't know. Yeah, if it would be, if there'd be some expectation to, to cut off contact or kind of distance yourself from, from somebody, I, I, I don't really know that either. I will say I'm, I'm in the same boat. I have, you know, friends that, that I, I was intimate with in the past. Um, but the other thing though is like, the fact that you're you're friends with them, you know, if you're maintaining contact, maintaining contact with them, and you're not dating, like that's for a reason. That's because your friendship works better. 
than, you know, whatever other situation. And that should be, I think, a source of reassurance as well. Like, if he's still in touch with this girl, and he was actually into her, you know, he'd probably be dating her, and not you. Yep. So maybe, maybe also, you know, kind of focus, focus on that area. Again, though, it just comes back to he's with you. He's not with her. You got to let this go to the best of your abilities and just don't don't respond to kind of the animalistic fucking protective jealousy feelings because ultimately those are just irrational and it's not going to do anything but sabotage this relationship. So don't don't fucking do that. Don't self-sabotage this. It's it's really fine and it's really okay. And if you stop thinking about it, it'll stop mattering. There you go. Yeah, keep coming back to, you know, thinking about other things and, and don't go down those wormholes. And eventually, eventually that feeling will just pass. Yeah, you'll make it. You're going to be fine, baby. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. All right, what do we, uh, what do we have? Oh, yeah, I know what we have after this. <laughs> First time anal experience with boyfriend. He, 25M, is upset that shit got on his penis. What can I, 20F, do? My boyfriend has done anal before plenty of times. I did it for the first time two nights ago. Everything was going okay, and then he pulled out to get more lube and screamed, Oh my fucking God! Which that alone obviously made me feel a little (laughs) self-conscious. I asked what happened. He said, There's a bunch of shit on me! I said I was sorry and didn't know what I could have done to prevent that from happening. He clearly had an attitude, and he's gonna. T- and he said he's gonna take a shower. I tried to brush it off, but my feelings were honestly hurt. I felt bad, but I am new to this and don't know what I am doing. I waited for him to get out of the shower and asked if he just wanted to have sex, and he said, "No, we can go to bed." At this point, I'm obviously feeling shitty, <laughs> and I know I'm probably being <laughs> oversensitive, but I just wanted to cry because I felt like I had done something wrong, and he wasn't really telling me how to fix it. I asked him this morning if he wanted to try again. He said, not anytime soon. I feel like I ruined this for him. Is there any way I can prevent this from happening again? Is there anything that I can get a deeper clean just so I know for sure that there's not anything still up there? I don't really know much about this. Sorry if this question sounds dumb. And that was posted by Cheyenne underscore zero one zero. All right. So we got Cheyenne and the poopy penis. In the, in the ministry of the of the poopy penis, what what do you think? <laughs> I'll tell you this: you go digging, sometimes you're gonna find gold. That's all it. That's all it is, baby. Uh, like um, here's here's a fun one. Uh, my ex and I, uh, we used to do anal uh with some reasonable frequency, and um, you know there was there was one time that I encountered an odor. <laughs> That's fine. No, I didn't actually get any material on me, but I definitely like I was I was close, and uh, kind of ruined the moment. But that's that's the kind of thing you brush off. Now I also enjoy things in my pooper, so uh, we pulled out the toy. We were fooling around with that, and uh, she pulls the toy out, and there's a little bit of material present. <laughs> Love that you're using the term material. Yeah, and she says to me, um, oh, "You got to learn your rhythm better." Now, this is because she has figured out that she poops at certain times a day. And uh. that's very, cons- it's very, she, you know, she's regular. She has her fiber. Um, so she figures out when she poops. Um, and she was like, you got to figure out your rhythm, man. And I, I felt a little embarrassed. I was like, I thought I knew my rhythm. Shit. 
Um, but, uh, you know, as far as practical advice, uh, you can do, uh, you can do El Anima. You have yourself an anima and that'll fucking do yeah. it. Right. You can just get one of them bidet attachments too, which is just wonderful in general. I've definitely plugged, uh, the, the bidet lobby on, on the show before. Yes. Yeah, so as far as practical advice, like there's definitely things you could do. The issue here though is that 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 would be this would be one question if you were like this bothers my boyfriend how do we like avoid this but your boyfriend is a fucking dick about this right and he's like particularly a dick she, she also says that like he's experienced with this yeah so he's fucking experienced with anal he, he gets a little bonus nugget on his dick and he's gonna freak <laughs> the fuck out of you he should know that's he fucking should know because sex in general is dirty fucking business like mm-hmm. it involves many fucking fluids and odors and uh you know, a lot of fucking movement, and, and things are going to get messy sometimes. You just got to expect that, and, and that's all right. Like, on the other hand, again, there's nothing wrong with being a little put off with that and wanting to take steps to avoid it. Uh, but you got to bring that up normally, doing this shit, especially, you know, to your girlfriend here who was kind enough to let it to let you put it in the fucking beephole. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 just fucking rude. It's, it's even beyond rude. Like, this is actively really shitty to your partner. You're yeah. making her feel... You know, fucking dirty. I was gonna say shitty. <laughs> you said shitty. You're making it feel shitty. Yeah, and it, it, it's it's just not fucking cool. This is not how you talk about you know things that bother you during sex. You you, you don't want to make your partner feel fucking small like this. Because then you know, especially if you're experienced here and you're, you're Mister Fucking Anal Boy, you just love the anal <laughs> and you want to do this again. She's not gonna be itching to do this again if you fucking shame her. That's right. You know, cause cause shit got a little messy. That's right. Fuck. That's right. There's one time uh, I was uh, going down on this uh, girl I was seeing, and uh, she starts coming really hard. And uh, nice. this little this little nugget, this little poop nugget, it's like, <laughs> just goes made an appearance. Yeah, this little nugget just like whoop, just like pops out. And um, I took my I took my, you know, I palmed it right took the nugget and I put it under the corner of the bed. <laughs> and I was like, I'll just deal with this later. I'm just going to move this out the way. I don't want her to be embarrassed. Move did you remember way. to deal with this? Later? I did. Yeah. I remember to deal with it. Oh, okay. Um, we're laying there in the afterglow and she goes, did I shit a little in your bed when I was coming? <laughs> and I said, um, yeah, a little bit, but it was very cute. <laughs> <laughs> You're a fucking saint, dude. Yeah. Fucking like, Fucking magic trick, palm in the uh, palm in the dew. But <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking move, I pulled dude. it out. I pulled it out of her ear a second later. I was like, "Oh, what's this?" <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! But that—that's—that's that's what your reaction to this yeah. stuff should be. Is it's fucking funny? Is it gross? Yeah, you know. But you're not gonna get. There's no harm that's coming out of this. Just, just fucking clean up. And if it yeah. really, you know, bugs you, ask him about it. So I'd go as far as to say that you should be fucking pissed at your boyfriend here. Like, yeah. this is all on him. You know, you didn't do anything wrong here. This shit just happens. And uh, I'd, I'd fucking confront him about that and be like, that was really uncool. That made me feel really fucking bad. Trying to not say shitty again. Um, and you got to see his response there. Because if he, based on this, if he, if he then comes at that and gets uh, fucking you know, rude with you for bringing that up too. That really says something very bad about him. If, if that's his response. It's true. So I just, this, this is, this is a big old red flag and uh brown flag, you know, but 
This is a big old brown flag. <laughs> Worst case scenario, you know, he's going to be a dick and it might be time to end this. Uh, but it's like, def- it's definitely an opportunity to kind of see if he's willing to fucking apologize and admit his wrongdoing or even like be aware of his wrongdoing here. Cause that is important. People can be, you know, obliviously mean and, and that does not, it doesn't forgive it, you know? Yeah. I think uh user, you should post to GW sums it up perfectly. Yeah, that's an asshole move on his part. If you're going to play in the mud hole, you might get a little muddy. There are ways as the receiver to avoid the possibility of that happening, but as the quote-unquote experienced party, he should have walked you through that process. You aren't at fault, and he's being an asshole about it. I'd be inclined to advise you to stop feeling bad and start feeling angry. We're fucking real. I keep coming back to that, man. She's never done this before. He's fucking Mr. Experience here. And then this happens, and he flips out at her. What the fuck, dude? Kind enough to let you in through the back. Yeah. Not a fan, so. But find out what the deal is. Get an apology from this guy, and if he does not apologize, maybe maybe reconsider your uh, your business here. And uh, shit on somebody else's dick. <laughs> All right, then. Uh... Well, Arthur, much like the uh, turd in that last one, we have been fired out and not onto a penis, but into our anonymous question box. Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, who? Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, who? For those of you unfamiliar, we have an anonymous question box. Uh, you can submit your questions to the show, and we will respond to them. You don't have to make an account. Uh, really, just go to this site. You can find the link on our social media. We post it on Facebook occasionally, or just fucking message one of us if you'd like to. And uh, there's just a text box. Put your question and send it. No username, no account, no nothing, and we'll read it on the show. So Boom. we have two questions this week, and uh, let's get into them. And I reiterate, we we love answering your questions. That's our that's uh, our favorite part of the show here. Yeah. So if you're listening and you got something stewing on your mind, uh, whatever it may be, toss it our way and we'll uh, we'll answer it next week. But this week, here's what we've got. Please explain how to be successful on Tinder conversations from both the hookup and the dating standpoint. Uh, I can, you can feel that one, man, because I don't have... I don't have a lot of success um, <laughs> specifically on Tinder. I've been on some dates, um, and uh, precious few have have amounted to anything more than just a dinner and stilted conversation. <laughs> I, I feel that. Uh, I th- my general advice is that there's two things that you want to avoid. Number one is d- don't be a fucking boring-ass person. Like, if you're on one of these dating apps, and especially if you're a girl... I assume you're going to be just getting messages all the time. And if you just get a, Hey, what the fuck is the incentive to, you know, respond to that? Unless the dude sending it is, is fucking, uh, you know, hottie Mick hot dude, uh, Mm -hmm. Hollywood star. Then we see the incentive. Yeah. It's just, you need something to kind of make it interesting. Either ask like a kind of a question related to their profile or their pictures to be like, Hey, like I actually, you know, looked at this. I'm not just kind of mindlessly swiping and typing out haze. So I, I don't know. I either do that or just send something fucking absurd. Hmm. Uh, really anything that gets the attention, anything that kind of is, is your sense of humor. Uh, but that brings me to my second point here, which is don't don't focus on don't 
do too many messages. Like, don't be on there fucking going back and forth forever. Because uh, somebody's going to get burned out. Somebody's going to forget to see. And, and then your chances are off there. So, like, my general thing is kind of, like, shoot a couple messages back and forth. You know, kind of check out that both of you are cool. Neither of you is a fucking weirdo, as far as you can tell. And then ask him to, get, you know, ask him out to get a drink or get dinner or fucking go to the park. What have you. And uh, see him in person. Like, the faster... There's so much kind of communication, especially with a new person lost just by text communication. Mm-hmm. And the fastest or uh, the sooner you can kind of get out and talk in person, the sooner you can figure out, like, if there actually is compatibility there. Because, uh, yeah, you're going to notice a lot more when you're actually in person. And, you know, if you ask somebody out and they say no, you're also, OK, there you go. They're not interested. But if you said yes, you know, you, you know, there's at least at least some interest there. So. Fucking summarizing, uh, be a little creative with the messages. None of the stupid fucking one word, hey, bullshit. And uh, no dumb fucking pickup lines unless they're actually good. Mm-hmm. And, and, and try to ease up on the long conversations and, and just get a date going as uh, fast as you can. Yeah. That's, yeah, I've, I've had pretty good success with that. That's fucking great advice, dude. Yep. Yeah, uh, I may have spent a, a decent amount on uh, <laughs> on Tinder out in these parts. I actually went on the tender date last weekend. It was a pretty good time. Excellent. Yeah. Have well, you ever uh, have you ever spent money on these apps? Have you ever done the premium? Oh, I hate to admit my secret, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in a moment of weakness, uh, last summer, I uh, definitely uh, paid a month of OK Cupid premium. And uh, did did you have any luck? Was like, do you think it was worth it? <clears throat> I just got to see the goblins and bridge trolls that liked me that I didn't like was pretty much all it was. <laughs> it's nice to know you got a fan base of fucking hot goblins, though. <laughs> yeah. Lurking in the shadows. Of the it, it was a bit of a, of a self-esteem booster. I was like, huh. And there were, there were right. a few people where I was like, huh, you? Okay. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I think Tinder's like, pre- that's the only one I've done premium thing is is kind of the same you can kind of see uh see people who have liked you and uh i don't know when you're like a new city or something and there's so many goddamn people uh that takes a lot of the time of just fucking swiping away which is obviously not you know it can be a little bit fucking tedious Mm -hmm. and then you get the super likes and i think that like bumps you up to the the front of their queue Mm -hmm. so then if you see somebody and you're like this person seems cool as shit and they're really hot whoopa and, uh, you know, I feel like you got a better chance of, of uh, connecting with those people because they also got to swipe through a, a fucking pile of, of the dud as well. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That sums it up. Maybe one little final uh, nugget on there. That's a throwback to the last question with the shit nugget. Final <laughs> nugget on this one <laughs> is uh, I just, just ease up. Don't put your expectations too high. You know, most of these are going to go nowhere. It's a very small percentage than anything actually happens. So just don't don't go too over the top of the investment and uh, don't get yourself too worked up about it. And if it works out, fucking awesome. But like wait until you've met and know you like each other before you before you get too attached. Yeah. Who that? All right. Well, what's this other one we got in here? <laughs> <laughs> if you had to fight either one rhinoceros-sized mouse or one hundred mouse-sized rhinoceroses. Which would you choose? This is this is easy from my perspective. Fucking mice are quick and chompy, even at their regular size. 
mm-hmm. and a giant one of those is going to be giantly choppy. Yeah. Like, that's kind of the mess yeah. the house's, like, main point of defense is it'll the big old jobs. It'll fuck you up, one rhinoceros-sized yeah. mouse would fucking annihilate you. And then just climb into your wall, except for it makes, like, a big old hole, and now your fucking, like, paint job in your house is ruined, so you don't want that. But the the fucking rhino's whole thing is that he's got a giant-ass horn that he can pale you on, Mm -hmm. but if his giant-ass horn is just, like, the size of a thorn, nice fucking rhyme there, you can just fucking put some boots on and they can't even hurt you, dude. Just Just stomp them. Stomp them, bitches. It's definitely a hundred rhinoceros, mouse-sized rhinoceroses. Definitely. We're in agreement. Damn, dude. Our tactics were fucking set there. Like, we had yeah. that one on lock. Somebody please, like, mail us the rhinoceroses, and we'll fucking show off our uh, mini rhino stomping abilities. <laughs> Fuck them right up. I don't even need boots. I'll do them in my fucking... I'll do them in my new balances. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> Both. An experienced rhino, mini rhino, rhinito, <laughs> stomper, Arthur, Arthur Brim. <laughs> see, see the, the question gets better when it's horses. And something a little less, like, because, like, a mouse is a reasonably threatening, you know what I mean, for its size, it's got, like, it's got the, it's got little claws, it's got speed on its side, you know what I mean? Think, think this through, man. Take a mouse, scale a (laughs) mouse up to rhino size, and you're fucked, man! It's, it's terrifying. The fucking speed, and they're basically poison, like, they got fucking poison fangs, because they've just been eating shit all day, or whatever the... Whatever they get on there. So yeah, no no giant fucking poisonous fanged essentially tiger. Yeah. No thanks, man. Fuck that. No no, no thanks indeed. Yeah. Well, th- that's been our question box here. I reiterate, fucking send them in this week, and we'll answer them next week when hopefully I'm in an apartment and set back up in a studio, and uh, we'll be bringing the heat extra hard in, in celebration of that. <laughs> How's your back doing? You doing okay? I've been doing some little stretches and shit. I, the chair hasn't been squeaking, honestly, as, as bad as my uh, my normal office chair. So that's that's kind of good. That's uh, good. But we will make it through. And uh, we're going to be making it through to this next Reddit question here. Do you ever feel intimidated by people who are kinkier than you? I consider myself a pretty open-minded guy. And I do have quite a few fetishes and kinks. But compared with the vast wealth of strange, unique, and extreme fetishes that exist out there, I am nowhere near the upper ranges of the most kinky people out there. To the point that I feel more comfortable calling myself vanilla with taboo sprinkles rather than actually kinky. I really like that. That's a good fucking description. Uh, I'm not out to kink shame anyone. I I think it's great that so many people are into so many different things. I also understand that for most people who have a lot of kinks, that engaging in all of them is by no means mandatory, and that you can still have a fulfilling sexual adventure with them. Without them? With them. Without, okay. Without the without the kinks, you can also have fulfilling normal sex. I'm reading that. Despite this, I still find myself super intimidated by people who are very kinky. Does anyone else feel this way? To be fair, in my case, it's not a big deal as the majority of sexual adventures are just online role-playing type scenarios. But the same thing applies to real life and real people. So I was just curious in general, how do you feel when you find out a potential partner is way kinkier than you? Especially if you know they are into things that are hard no's for you. 
Likewise, for you extreme kinksters out there, how do you tend to feel about partners who are much more vanilla than you are? Do you try to ease them into your kinks, or just focus on the aspects you both enjoy instead? That was posted by Spower West. S. Bauer West. Spore West. Um. Spore. Hmm. I have not been kinky enough for some people. Some people I went on a date with them, and uh, uh, I'm thinking in particularly there was one woman I went on a date with where I didn't kind of uh, uh, seize the sexual advantage the way that she wanted me to. She's a sub, and uh, she was like, this man is a beta cuck, and I am not interested. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And uh, so I, I don't know that I feel intimidated necessarily, but I'm I'm there are certain people for whom I am not kinky enough. Now, uh, based on my love of of the rear entrance, uh, I am perhaps kinkier than some people would like. So uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to find somebody who who likes that happy medium. But I'm going to have to do yeah, that. play to your strengths, play to uh, your lane, you know. And, and, but I think that's it's kind of the case in general, though. Like this is really like any kind of personality or interest aspect. You know, there are people who are very intensely into things, and people who aren't. There are people who are very strongly one way, and people who are not. And those people just kind of tend not to match up. I think it's relatively rare that you would find somebody that you are like both very into each other, and they're like way, 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 way more than you are. Um, but that being said, in those cases that that does happen. If there's, like, a strong fucking interest there, I think this is something you can kind of come to compromise on. And I'm maybe, uh, what's the fucking word? Uh, talking out of my out of my expertise a little bit here. I'm not, like, an incredibly kinky person. You know, there are people who go to fucking sex clubs and, like, are full-on into that. Uh, but I figure if you're the sort of person who is that into an aspect of sex, you're probably, you know, pretty knowledgeable about sex and about the feelings associated and about how, you know, other people's feelings work in that. And if you're in a situation like this, you know, you're going to be able to communicate that or look out for that pretty directly. Like you're going to be kind of avoiding people who are not kind of on that level or more likely, like you're just going to be understanding of that. It's definitely rarer to be on that high level of kinkiness. Uh, so I reckon you've definitely, if you're doing that, you've definitely had some partners or at least, you know, met some people you're interested in who are on that lower level. I just, I kind of, I kind of think most people in this situation, they're going to understand. Do you think, you think that's accurate? I do. Um, and I think if, if the chemistry's right and, uh, you're really vibing with each other, you're probably going to try to play to each other's level and find a medium. Um, if everything else is, is linking up and, uh, that's a conversation you can have. And, uh, I think it's, that's a very healthy, uh, thing to have a conversation about. Yeah. I I was going to say that I was going to say that too. Um, but another component there, I think your move is just don't just be confident with what you are. Don't let yourself be intimidated by this. Cause it it really, it really shouldn't be like a, a scary thing here. Like, and if you're finding yourself in a situation where like you're trying to reach up to that, that's one of those things where you're like pretending to be something you're not, and you shouldn't do that in relationships. It's going to end in disappointment. So right. all you can do is just be confident in who you are, what you like, communicate that with this person that you're interested in and, and, and talk it over. 
And I think that kind of quality right there, being able to be open about what you like and also open to what other people like to, you know, meet at the happy medium, as, as you're calling it, Arthur. I think that is kind of the main quality uh, that people, you know, who are very into kinky things that like sex positivity there. I think that'd be a very attractive quality and, and you know, something that would kind of make it work. Yeah. Can I just can I just read this comment? Yeah. Uh, by user Twista Deuce Deuce. Yes, my bro. E.g. Women is say, I wish to strike your hammer, or I wish to strike your scrotum with a hammer, or you are slave, come slave. I am fear on this. <laughs> Where were you when women wished to strike a scrotum with hammer? <laughs> I was on telephone with Pyotr eating schmegma butter. Yeah. Scrotum I'm... is strike. No. <laughs> I am fear on this. <laughs> Apologies for English. I am Russia. <laughs> that's a fucking old meme there. If you if you get that, uh, I, I I like you. That's a that's a fucking old, extremely online reference. Shouts to people who are into what what where is that fucking meme from? That's probably like early two thousand four, Chan. Real fart. <laughs> Good times. I'm glad that was all the way at the bottom. I'm glad you dug that one up. And uh, okay, just fucking circle back on this. Uh, basically, don't worry. Be confident. If it's meant to be, it'll work out. It, it just don't don't let yourself be faking something and ruining it. And don't let, you, let yourself kind of be intimidated out of you know giving a potential relationship a chance. It, yeah. It'll be cool. Don't just don't 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 freak out. It's really fine unless they unless they want to strike your your scrotum. <laughs> there's also there's some other really great uh usernames in here uh for example talking about fucking that's a good username yeah that was uh that was gonna be the name of our podcast <laughs> until uh <laughs> came up with this uh kitty fuck toy that's good probably not the police that's a good username yeah this is our sex so there's a there's a lot of interesting things the little good wolf yeah, that's a uh, that's a furry. Shouts out, bro. Apocalypse now. I, I like that. That's kinky as fuck. Okay, Arthur, we're supposed to be talking about relationships and not our relationships commenters. So, uh, what do you what do you say? You read this next one by Strawberry Bush, B- Babe Lincoln twenty seven. <laughs> okay, um, me twenty seven F dropped the L bomb on my BF thirty two M of eight months, and it wasn't reciprocated. This was about two weeks ago. I had been thinking about saying it for a while, so I did while we were cuddling one night, even though I was nervous about it. He kissed me, but didn't say anything. So I said, that's fine. Don't feel like you have to say it right now. And that was that. I've been feeling kind of sad and stressed since then. We have a very good relationship, and he treats me in a loving and respectful way. But I don't know if I should ask him if he thinks that he will feel that way at some point. Because I don't want to waste my time. But on the one hand, on the other hand, I don't want him to feel pressured to say something he doesn't mean. I guess what I'd like is feedback on is his, what? I guess what I'd like feedback on is his long, it's, wow, whoa, this is a challenging sentence. Yeah, I'm trying to figure this out too. I guess what I'd like is feedback 
on how long it's on, reasonable on for long. me to weigh him, wait for him to reciprocate organically. It's also maybe worth mentioning that he probably has attachment issues. He's a very independent person and has experienced a tremendous amount of personal trauma and has lost several people who were close to him. TLDR, how long is it to wait for a partner to express that they love you? And that was posted by, as mentioned before, Strawberry Bush. <laughs> uh, this is a tough situation, Strawberry Bush, and I think one that a lot of people run into. Um, here in a relationship, everybody's feelings develop at a different rate. Everybody's kind of definition of when they feel love you know, means something different. It comes at a different time. So I'd say it's pretty fucking rare that that's going to hit both of you at the same time, you know, without somebody lying. And, you know, that that's fine. That's normal. I think that's somebody that pro- something that probably everyone will encounter except for the, the very, very lucky. And so your kind of answer here it comes the, from, or it comes, though, the fact that you've told him this, you know, after eight months of relationship, it's been going well. And. He's not, you know, freaking out and ready to leave or really freaking out in general. It shows that, he, you know, he respects this feeling. He's willing to get to that point and uh, just not there yet. I think, what does she say? He didn't say anything. I think it would have been better if he could have brought up kind of an explanation like that. Like, hey, it takes me a little bit longer to feel these things, but like it means a lot for you to say that. Um. The fact that that didn't happen, that part's that part's kind of tough. But like in, in general, I think the feeling is there. I mean, I guess small aside, if you're in this situation and you're not feeling that way yet, you know, it, it, it sucks. It's kind of nerve wracking to put your feelings out there and not have it reciprocated. So try to try to make your partner feel all right in that situation and understand, you know, you're just not ready to say it yet. But it doesn't mean that like the feelings are not there. Um, the point where this becomes uncommon though and becomes problematic well it's kind of hard to nail down and Arthur I'm kind of asking you here like there's got to be a certain point at which this is just bad news right like if you fucking dating somebody been dating for a year you know you tell them you love them and then three years on you know they still refuse to say it like you know what I mean it's kind of situation by situation but how long do you fucking need man like I, I, I'm a very expressive person when I'm in relationships. Uh, I tend to be the first one to say it. I'm the guy uh, uh, with my beloved who left me recently. Um, and this is when we dated, this is when we dated two years ago. Um, you know, we, we get done with the intimate time and I'm laying next to her and I look at her and I go, I, I, She's like, what? I'm like, I, I like, like, like you. <laughs> Fucking dingus. <laughs> and she looks at me and she goes, what? And I said, I love, I love you. I love you. <laughs> and I trail off. And she says it back and I'm like, fuck yes. But like, I, <laughs> I can't imagine, man, I can't imagine what it feels like to get rejected like that. That sucks. I, I don't think I've had that yet. Oh, where, really? Yeah, I don't think I've had it to where I say I love you and they don't immediately say I love you back. Damn. So I'm, I may uh, have no. been extremely lucky up to this point. Apparently so, man. I, I've been in that situation twice, and the first time around it was tough because it took some time. 
you know, but it, you kind of keep faith and it ended up being all right. Um, the second time I was kind of on this level of, of the advice I'm giving that just be understanding that people feel that at different points. Uh, my question though, cause like that, I think it's an easy answer there, but there are situations where like, this is going to take a long time and you're mm. going to start freaking out. And sometimes for like a rational reason, like as an extreme, as I said, what if it's like three fucking years and they still haven't said it? You know what I mean? Like at, at what point do you start kind of being like, okay, this isn't just them feeling different like this might actually be a fucking issue because that's yeah. that is definitely a thing that happens i mean it of course it's different to everybody different for each individual uh person but man fucking two years feels like a long fucking time doesn't it no definitely I, like I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out like if i'm in this situation like at what point do I have to kind of start questioning it? Cause you don't want to do it too early. Cause then you're sabotaging and being unfair to them to let their feelings develop. But on the other hand, you know, you don't just want to sit there as time goes by, if they're not actually going to say that and they're kind of, you know, hiding that fact. Is, oh man, is it a fact though? Love is love a fact. <laughs> I mean, I mean the fact that they're not fucking full on in feelings like the way yeah. that you are. Just like, at what point would you confront somebody for that? I've heard you ever hear stories about people that, like, you know, my parents n- literally never said the words "I love you" to you. Oh damn! Right, That's dark. That's yeah. dark as fuck. Um, I think that there might be people out there who just don't like to whom uh that emotion is extremely private and maybe they're really closed off to it or there's like any number of reasons why a person wouldn't say it maybe they just maybe they just can't say it mhm and that you know like are is is that kind of person incapable of having a successful relationship i don't think so i think that kind of person can have uh, is a successful, interestingly loving relationship. Yeah, just just without kind of being able to say even that particular phrase or like or, or articulate it in the way that you know you, you normally want it to be heard. I guess I'm just kind of thinking about this as we were going along. This is this is something I've thought about before, and I think it works here too, especially if you have context to your partner, like having an abusive past and having difficult difficulty being expressive. Uh, I think maybe focus less on just these specific words, but just more, are they fucking treating you right? Are they there for you? Are, are they a good partner? Because that you, means you, quite yeah. a bit more than them just throwing some words at you. Do you feel loved? There, there, there you go. Might be the more important uh, aspect there. That's, you know, it's nice to hear it, though. <laughs> no, it, it it is. I don't know if but... I could go without hearing it. Yeah, that that would that would definitely fuck with me too. Um, but again, coming back to what we were saying in the beginning, that's why he should have, I think, said something at the beginning here. I mean, I guess she has an understanding of the situation. You know, maybe he did before, but you gotta if you are somebody who like can't, you know, quite fucking get those words out for for whatever reason, you still like fucking show that person you care about them so that they're not in the goddamn stress hole. Yeah. Nobody wants to be in the stress hole. No, they don't. I, I guess general advice on this one, though. Fucking, again, back to what we said at the beginning. 
you know, as and what we just said now, as long as he's treating you right, as long as the relationship's going well, and and that you feel loved, uh, as Arthur said, you know, keep believing it, give it time. Um, but knowing this guy's past, keep in mind he may never be able to say that, and I guess maybe try to detach having to have those words from somebody who is proving to you, you know, on a daily basis that that they care about you. Um. I'm fucking also just bring it up with him again. Talk about him a little more if it if it gets to like a really problematic point and it's eating at you. Uh, it, it just get a little bit more context for it. Yeah, that's yeah, a man. tough one, man. That's hard, man. Fuck, shit. <laughs> I, f- I feel like a lot of these that we get, there is kind of a clear answer that's just hard to see when you're you know the person in it. Like I've, I've been in situations actually recently where I'm like worrying about something that I've actually like thought to shit that we've said on the show. And I'm like, Oh, I like gave that advice and I'm not yeah. fucking doing that right now. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. like clear from third person. It's weird to run into one that is very fucking ambiguous like this. Uh, and in certain points that it's kind of hard to give a clear answer on it, but. I think we I think we gave it a good shot. Yeah, and I, I think you'd be all right here. Yeah, fuck. Well, let's <laughs> let's get out of here into hopefully more clear cut territory. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, check, check this out. My best friend slash lover, twenty seven M, and I, twenty six F, underwent a horrifying ten solid months of self destruction, and now he is gone. Is it reason? <laughs> is it reasonable for me to cut him out of my life after he bailed and left me alone to pick up the pieces? And that was just the title, folks. That was just the title to this question. Buckle the fuck in. I've never done one of these before, so apologies if it's rambly, which isn't a word, but I like it. <laughs> We've been in love with each other since middle school, but the timing was never right till last year. His dad died and my business was slowly killing me. That doesn't sound like the right time. Uh, Jesus. So I flew to Alaska to help him deal with the estate. I spent four months there. And after that, he flew here, Hawaii, for six months to help me sort my affairs and relinquish my business shares and position. Here's the kicker. During all of this, we spent my entire life savings to do drugs, rainbow variety, all kinds, and drank every single day while we basically hung out like it was high school again and destroyed our lives. He's recently flown back home, just right when life hit total rock bottom. I support that decision. It was necessary. But he is super distant now, until he needs a 10-paragraph affirmation for me of his worth and value. Then back to basically radio silence while he hangs out with his junkie friends and shirks all responsibilities. I'm doing so much better now that he's gone. I'm actually thriving again. But I think talking to him only on his terms and ignoring my emotional needs is slowly killing my spirit. Is it fair to cut him out after he broke my heart and left me alone holding the bag? Side note, I send him money sometimes because he won't get a job. And he freaked out this morning when I told him I have my first date since he left. Seems unfair for him to react that way when he's the one that bailed. TLDR. Best friend and lover bailed when things got really tough, but still holds me emotionally hostage every day. Is it okay to quit talking to him to save my sanity? And that was posted by Scabbers Legume. 
That is one hell of a crust punk name. It's Scabbers, Scabbers Legume. Yeah. Relationships are a two-way street, Scabbers. You gotta, especially, you know, for serious ones like this, where you're really there for somebody when they're having a hard time, you you can't, it can't just be fucking one-sided. You, you can't just be that you're there for him when he needs you and he's fucking gone besides that. You know, that's unfair. That leaves you worrying. That leaves you doing all the emotional work in the relationship. And, you know, it leaves you here, as, as you say, fucking losing your sanity a bit. And so in those cases, I think it is okay to cut somebody off, you know, because that's it, almost, you know, is it reasonable for you to cut him out of his life? He's already fucking cut himself out of your life to some extent. He's back in Alaska. the worst of times. Yeah, for, for fucking real. He, he's already kind of done the work for you there. So I, I think it's very reasonable to do that, particularly if he's fucking with your mental health here. Um, but I also know that that's difficult and you still care about this guy, you know, because things from the past do matter. People go through bad times. You know, I, I get that this isn't a cut and dry thing. So I think if I'm in your boat, you, you got to give him a fucking straight up. This is bullshit right now thing. You got to explain to him like you have fucking left my life and you're only coming by back when you like really need help for me. And, and that's fucked. And I can't do that. Like I need you to actually be my friend or like not be around. So I think you give him a wake-up call, kind of a last chance. And if he, you know, is still acting this way and, you know, is not coming to his senses here, then, yeah, fucking cut him off. You could just cut him off, too. But, again, you know, if it, it might even be good for your health to just kind of give him this chance here and give it fucking one last shot. Um, that being said, I think once you do completely cut this guy off, I think then he might come to his senses a little bit, too, when he realizes oh, you know, she's not going to fucking, or he's not going to be there for me uh, if if I'm not fucking putting in the work. He He's not just going to be there at all times. Stop taking you for granted and, uh, you know, may, maybe come to her senses. Yeah. Shit. Uh, I think, I think you nailed it, my guy. Um, I don't think you're doing him any favors either by sending him money when he's, you know, not taking care of himself, not, doing the job that's not your responsibility definitely um, not you know because you know he's just gonna keep being jobless and hitting you up for cash um and like fuck dude like this is this is so hard because you've known him for so long um and you wanna you wanna make sure he's okay but uh he's gotta he's gotta make sure he's okay that's that's pretty that's a pretty tough love, um, free market libertarian uh, <laughs> bent to things, but like it's it's totally true. You can't keep supporting somebody financially who is um, who you have no real responsibility towards, and who uh, leads you to self destructive behavior. Like this person sounds like a, like a bad influence on you, and I think you're I think you're better off without him. I, I think so too, and and also like I kind of I blanked on what your phrasing was there, but also you need to make sure that you're okay in this situation, and the fact that this is causing you so much uh, emotional stress, uh, you know, on top of just kind of the ethics of this situation, I, I think that's reason enough to uh, to cut this person off. Straight the fuck up. We hope your friend ends up doing all right, though, because that that does fucking suck to see somebody go off the deep end like that. Just uh, also don't don't be sitting there holding yourself personally responsible if if things you know do fucking 
go particularly badly for him. You know, you, you have been trying and, but it's, it's just not fucking fair to you to be the only person, you know, holding this relationship up and holding both of your, you know, your fucking spirits up. Troll. Well, I think that it's time for me to tell you, the listener, that our intro song is the song Hanging On by the band Knower, and that you can find their music at knowermusic.bandcamp.com. Outro music, Stephanie, Hayfellows, Instagram.com slash the Hayfellows, Spotify search, the space, hey, space, fellows. It's Stephanie by the Hey Fellows. Why use many word when few word will do? <laughs> what is that from? It's the office. There we go. Which I never I never fucking watched the office. I watched it when it was coming out the first couple of seasons, uh, and then kind of fell off, and now it seems that every motherfucker has seen every fucking episode. But yeah. I was the OG cool office kid, so I feel like I feel like I kind of missed it because, like, I don't know. I was kind of put off by the fact that The Office comes out and then Parks and Rec, Community, and Thirty Rock come out, and it's all the same format. You know what I mean? That, that's very true. This shit got real over, like the mockumentary type thing got real oversaturated there. Yeah. See, and I was into mockumentaries when it was fucking um, like Best in Show and A Mighty Win yeah. and like that shit. And I, I don't know. It felt felt weak as shit to me. Um, but then I, I did watch some Parks and Rec. And was very was very pleased. I thought it was a good show. That's good. Uh, the Office is fucking good too. I, I do actually recommend it. Okay, I might have to get around to that. All right, <laughs> that's our that's our ending note for you, folks. <laughs> yeah, those shows are a little fucking overhyped and oversaturated, but but they're pretty good. Sleep yeah, pretty on that good. one. Sleep on that. Uh, thanks for being with us. And uh, <laughs> I love you. Thanks. Bye.